Welcome to the Zero to Profitable Franchise Podcast, the best place for you to come to figure out the right franchise to buy and how to get and stay profitable. My name is Tark Johnson, and I've bought, grown, and sold multiple franchises and got myself free from corporate America, and now I'm on a mission to help you do that too. Here you'll find some of the most in-depth, profitable franchise secrets, tangible strategies, and specific mindsets to help you create your dream life through franchising. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with one of my good friends, buddies, mentor, Skylar Lewis. Dude, good to see you, man. Yeah, happy to be on, man. Good to see your face. Likewise. So, man, I'm excited. I'm excited to dive into this. Um, so, for people that don't know you, you have multiple companies, right? You have Superior Restoration, which is what a eleven million dollar a year company, something like that. You yep. built uh, Rise Up Kings to probably a few million dollars a year pretty quickly. You got a booming business, huge team. I saw your. Uh, your picture with your uh, your Christmas party for your team. You got a huge team now. Yeah, it's a big team. Man. I'm surprised how how fast that grew just within a two year period. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's crazy. And then you just wrote a book called the Two Day CEO. So I'm excited to jump in all that. Um, this is uh, this is probably the most excited I've been for a podcast episode. You know, just because it's like, dude, we I mean we have such a we have such a bond and. You know, I, I feel like I've told you this before, but I don't know that I've ever really told you that you, a conversation that you and I had many years ago is like one of the things that stuck with me that really made me believe and pursue that like I can be an entrepreneur. I don't know. I don't know if you remember this, but it was, it was when you were living in La Cresta and, uh, we had been partying it up that night a little bit. We were playing double shot. Skylar and I used to play double shot, the little basketball. I just bought another one, by the way. Did I you? got another mail yesterday. Yes, I can't wait to set it up. Oh, that's hilarious. That's awesome. I can't wait to come and school you on it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Skylar's the ping pong champion. So um, I, I think uh, his record is probably he's beaten me 50 times to my maybe four wins <laughs> in, uh, in ping pong. Um, but, man, you and I had a conversation uh, seven, eight years ago before we ever bought our franchise. And you were telling me about how at that point superior was doing $5 million a year. And, uh, and I was still just working a job working for someone. And you said to me, dude, with your skill sets, you should be making at least a million dollars a year. And do you, do you remember saying that? Do you remember that conversation? Yep. Yep. It was surprising for me because you're a sharp guy, right? So, yeah. So a lot, a lot of like my drive and then deciding to like wind up doing a franchise was, you know, a lot because of that conversation, which is crazy. So think about the impact that uh, you've had on me and now on so many other people, uh, because maybe if we didn't have that conversation, I'm, I may have not pursued that. Mm. Dude, that's great. I love hearing that. That's best part of my my life purpose actually is inspiration, and so my exact life purpose statement is to inspire others to reach for the greatness that exists in themselves through personal development and a closer relationship with Jesus. So, like that's because I'm a man of faith, but so it's to inspire people, right? So it's to inspire because I see such greatness in people that's just untapped, right? And so that's my that's my mission, man. So I love hearing that a hundred percent. 
Yeah, yep. yeah, it's incredible. And th- and there have been a few there have been a few moments like that. I mean, like you know, yeah, you've had a you had a, a, a tremendous impact on my life, and we'll talk about that more. But for um, give us a rundown of kind of your your companies just at a high level, what you've built, kind of like the you know the two minute like bio of like why people should listen and what you've accomplished and then and then we'll kind of start unpacking and you know dive diving into it more great yeah i'd say my my kind of claim to fame if you will is uh is superior restoration i started that company about 12 years ago actually 10 10 years or 12 then we merged it into a restoration company it was a cleaning company and uh so for over the last 10 years we built this restoration company to uh, we'll do about 11 and a half million this year and my claim to fame is really just, I built it in a way to, to where it could run itself. So that was always my intention is how, how do I get a business that can run itself? And so I, I, I built it and I, and I ended up about seven years, six years into it. I started working two days a week in the business, really testing the model. And we systemized everything. We have an executive team. We have everything built out. And I was able to re- successfully run it at two days a week. And then when COVID hit, I went to one day a week. We had one of our best years with the team running it one day a week. And then uh, I figured, hey, if I could do it one day a week, I could probably do it a couple hours a week. And so I moved to Texas a year ago. And so it's in California. I'm in Texas. And so I, I literally do pretty much nothing. I have a one-hour meeting every other week with my uh, executive team. And they run the whole company. They make all the decisions. They do all the hiring. They everything they do every single they do everything i set the vision for the year and then i check in on that call every other week and so so that's that's kind of yeah i want to dive in there real quick like which is incredible because you literally have a that's a fire and water restoration business that is a 24 hour seven day a week business so this is not like some retail business or something that's like in a simple business to run this is a highly complex and sophisticated business which just makes it even that much more incredible mm-hmm. for sure yeah it's 24 hours a day seven days a week emergency calls it's very i mean most owners never do that but if you if you build it the right way which is kind of what i teach in in uh, what i teach is if you build the right systems and processes in place like you can any business can be systemized to where you can create that freedom I think as entrepreneurs, like we want to have a little bit of freedom and some flexibility and some space to to think. That's where we that's where we do our best thinking. But when we're trapped in the business, we're not at our highest level creativity. Um, so so yeah, so built that. Ended up writing a book called The Two Day CEO, which I explained that whole process, and I now teach hundreds of entrepreneurs. And then, and yeah, there it is. Uh, and then I love a really cool book, cool storyline uh, to share in a lot of my struggles, my real. I get really real and raw in that book. And then I uh, launched uh, Rise Up King. So I, I fell in love with business mentorship and business training and effectively running. And so I launched Rise Up Kings. Uh, I also love personal development and, and transformational uh, 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 development. And so basically not just someone teaching at you, but hey, how do I put you through an experience that changes your life like forever? And so that's, that's, that's my passion is Rise Up King. So I spend all of my time on that. We run experiential events for uh, faith-based business owners and, and just people, uh, that uh, really want to level themselves up. We have a wide variety of people that come, but it's all about just, yeah, helping guys specifically men. And my wife works with the women, but helping them level up and transform. And then we have a mastermind where we do a ton of business training and accountability. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Which is incredible. And I, you know, I'm, uh, what about a month or a month and a half or so off of coming to the 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 Ruck event, Rise of Kings event, which is um, you know I told I told you and Jessica, um, just you know one of the most powerful and profound experiences that I, that I've ever been through, and uh, and I'm in your mastermind. It's been awesome. I literally I have like a 5:45 a.m. wake up call with one of the guys with Jeff Big Country. Oh, nice. And uh, we have cool. a we have a 5:45 wake up call. We talk every morning. And we literally pray over each other every morning, which is crazy. Oh, so. I'm jealous. That's that sounds legit. <laughs> that that's that's legit, man. Very cool. So I get multiple emails a week from companies asking to run ads on the podcast. I could have ads if I wanted to, but I don't. So there are two ways that you can help to support me and the podcast to keep it ad free. First is to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and leave a comment even a smiley face if you have nothing to say. The YouTube algorithm only shows the video to more people based on the likes and in comments on the video. So your comment could help someone get exposed to this and, and not to sound too cheesy, but it could legitimately change their life. Lastly, go ahead and share this with someone that you think will enjoy this episode. Maybe someone who you know loves business and entrepreneurial stuff, or maybe it's someone who's been saying that they want to own their own business for forever. You can message it to them directly or share it on your social media. It would mean the world to me. You guys rock. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So man, um, it, it it's crazy that one okay so you built you built from scratch fire and water restoration business and you know this I mean, is when, I, when we say scratch like literally scratch me and jessica my wife were passing out flyers door to door so we had the little carpet cleaning coupon flyers i mean we were passing them out door to door every day to get business like we were willing to do whatever it took to like get our first carpet cleaning job like so ground ground floor and you come from a lot of wealth, right? Like you come from family money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> tons, tons of it. Tons of it. No, dude, I, I share that in my book. But yeah, it's, we did not, I think that's why maybe I have that drive, right? Because I didn't have a ton of money. So I wanted to prove my significance, which I later found out wasn't the best motivator long-term, but I wanted to be significant. I wanted to prove myself. So I, yeah, I grew up in a little 700 square foot mobile home. Yeah. So. Which is crazy. So here's here's why i think that this you know that this conversation is going to be so powerful number one is your your connection to god and how faith-based you are and that just you know having that um uh for a la like guidance and just kind of anointing and i i think that that brings a whole nother element that was an incredibly powerful part of rock and i've talked to a bunch of now really successful businessmen that have been there. I mean, the men that you're attracting to your community is insane. Um, and a lot of it because of, you know, the faith-based component. Number two is that this is like every entrepreneur's dream, right? To build a business that you don't have to be there, that you're not a slave to. So whether someone is watching or listening right now and they're like, oh, I'm stuck in corporate America. I want to one day be an entrepreneur so I can have you know, control and freedom over my life and be able to take Tuesdays off with my family and go to the park and whatever, um, then this is an amazing, you know, testimony to what is possible for those entrepreneurs who are at any stage in the beginning or mature that may be a slave to their business or trying to figure out, you know, how do they grow it enough so that they, they can take back control of their life? 
um, you know, really th- th- this conversation can impact, um, you know, any of those people, which is, uh, which is super exciting. And I remember, I remember when you were first starting Ruck, I was first starting the YouTube channel <laughs> and we kind of used to have these like little accountability calls. Cause I remember, cause we had just first moved to Orlando and so it's it's insane to see what you built with Ruck. So tell us tell us a little bit about Ruck, Rise Up Kings, you know, how it works and the and the work that you're doing with um, you know, with some of these uh with some of these entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll I'll tell you about that. And and I love I love living in the realm of uh of possibility. So we can we can live life in in, in two realms. We can live life uh, based on our past and our previous experiences, right? The the way the results we've we've created in the past and the challenges we've had in the past. So we we most people judge what's possible in the future based on the past. Mm. So they mm. see it based on the past, and so it traps them because if you're basing your life your future on what's what what based on the past, then then you're not really living in the realm of possibility. So I like to play in the realm of possibility. Like, hey, what's, forget the past. What's possible in the future? Like, what is what is possible? Like, what could be created? And so uh, my mind naturally wants to tag back in, well, you've never done that before. Or, hey, based on, you know, the past, that's too much growth. Like, so it wants to pull me back. I have to literally shut my mind off and say, no, 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 no. I want to live in what's possible. And if you, you know, what could, what could be possible? Like, let's just play around with that. Mm. And so that's kind of what Ruck, what Ruck is, right? Ruck was like, hey, this idea, hey, I want to go teach uh, business owners and help them scale their companies. Uh, and I want to give them accountability, help them be better fathers, better husbands, better men of faith. I want to go do this. And I've never done this before at that level. I have no clue where I'm going, but I just put it out there. And so dude, I went all out. And so that's another kind of lesson I've learned is like, I'm not a big, I like Gary V, but he's like, his style is grind, 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 grind. Right. I'm like, I want to, I want to balance. I want to spend time with my family and connect and I want to grind. Yes. But I, I don't want to, I don't want to just grind my, most of my life, but there are periods where we do got to grind. We do got to put in some significant work, um, and, and go all out on something. And so that's what, that's what I did with Ruck. And so Ruck is, it's pretty cool, man. We have, uh, we have 40 of uh, 39 events planned for this next year for 2023. So we have 39 events on the books Incredible. from marriage retreats to, our three-day intensives, our five-day intensives, our coaches academy where we train coaches. Like we have all these events. Plus, we have one of the largest Christian-based business masterminds out there that runs and a whole a whole process that's built into that. And so that's kind of what Ruck is. It's a combination of that personal development, like um, Christian-based personal development, and then and then business group coaching and accountability. And we have a whole app that's built. We built an app. We, I mean, yeah, I could spend. 15 minutes describing all the facets of rise up Kings, but I don't want to take the time up for that. I want to, I want to leave some nuggets and leave your listeners and give them some value. Right. But, yeah. but that's, that's what's possible. Right. So we right now we have hundreds and hundreds of members. I went from zero to running our first event in uh, January of 2020. That's when we ran our first event. Guess what happened right after that first, first event. <laughs> Yeah, there Freaking was COVID. The, the world shut down. I'm fired up. I'm like, I'm gonna go blow this thing up. I do my first event, and the world shuts down a month, like a month later. And you were in California, and they super yeah. shut down. 
in in California. And so I'm like, okay, well, is this a sign, right? I'm not supposed to be doing Rise Up Kings. Right. Like, what what does this mean? And so it's really our ability to 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 work with challenge with with challenging situations that kind of plays into how successful will be, right? And so I I, I said no. I'm, I'm we paused for seven months, but then I I felt called to go do this thing, and so. We uh, we launched that first event, and then it's just kind of blown up uh, because I played in the realm of possibility, not based on what I had done previously. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the podcast episode so far. One of the most consistent things that we hear from people that reach out to us is that buying a franchise feels really confusing. There are so many options out there. It's a scary decision. They don't know how to vet or do the due diligence, really narrow down on the right franchise for them and then they really feel alone in the process you might be the only one in your family who's ever pursued buying a franchise or being an entrepreneur or maybe you've tried to start a side hustle before or other businesses like me like before franchising i was not able to crack the code on entrepreneurship i'd like to invite you to reach out and work with us we've helped many clients buy franchises get them profitable or by resale businesses that are thriving. I'm talking about highly profitable resales, great value. We've allowed many of our clients to actually quit their job right away and replace their income immediately. So if you wanna work with me and my team on finding or buying a franchise, doing due diligence, vetting it, or resale, then go ahead and go to tarjohnson.com consulting, and we're happy to see if we can help. All right, enjoy the rest of the episode. That, yeah, that's... <clears throat> Yeah, to start a to start an event business in the middle of that, and to scale it to what you scaled it to, with uh, you guys just did Ruck Thirty, right? Ruck Thirty. Yeah. So you've done yeah. thirty events. You do them typically around once a month. Eat what each group has like 20, 20, 20 guys, twenty five yep. guys from around there. Yep. Yeah. Well, now you have the Rise Up Queens component too for women, and it's just amazing what you're doing for. Uh, you know, for, uh, for entrepreneurs, just, I, yeah, I mean, we could, we could spend a whole podcast talking about rock cause it's been, uh, incredibly powerful for me and talking about the app. I'm in the app and yeah, you can see, I haven't checked off some of my things for today. Um, but, uh, it's powerful every day to be like, to go through those things. It keeps me on track, which is, uh, I'm which a, is incredible. I'm a big fan of tracking and accountability. So there's a saying what you track improves or what you measure improves. And so for the entrepreneurs listening, like if you want to go grow your business or scale or improve it, you just got to figure out what numbers you want to start tracking. And if you want to improve your fitness, start tracking how often you work out. If you want to improve your nutrition, start tracking the food that you eat. Like whatever you track's going to improve, like hands down, like it's, it's going to improve. And so, yeah, I built an app for that. Yeah. And back in the day you had, and I remember when you sent it to me years ago, uh, and you show it at your events, just a Google, just a Google <laughs> sheet of literally like every area of your life and specific task. And like, you were literally tracking it, um, which it, it just shows, I think sometimes it's easy to look at an entrepreneur like yourself, right. Who's built companies doing what, somewhere around 15 million a year in right re- in combined revenues. And how old are you Skylar? 36 36 so 36 years old has companies doing around 15 million dollars a year that you built completely from scratch and i think it's easy for people to look you know from the outside and be like ah that guy's got you know more talent than me more skill than me and and look at 
look at you as a reason why they can't produce it sometimes, right? In in terms of they don't they're not acknowledging their own greatness, which it which is um but it just shows the level of detail and work that you've put in. Like this isn't just yeah. this isn't like a talent thing. How how much how much money do you think you've invested into personal growth programs, seminars, coaches in the last just since we've known each other since what 2015, last seven, eight yeah. years? I'm at about four hundred, probably four hundred and seventy-five thousand right now is what I've spent. So almost almost a hundred grand a year in per so I've dumped in, like pulled money out. Sometimes I didn't have this money, right? And I had to borrow money, put it on credit cards. Like I've dumped so I calculated it. I've uh, last last year we spent about a hundred and some or this year, twenty twenty two, I hired one of the top top, top, top facilitator coaches in the industry, uh, to work with me to help us develop a, a new event. And so, yeah, about four, we've spent a ton of money. And it's funny. Some people, some people have a hard time even spending a grand going to an, a personal development event or a couple grand. And so it's, it's it not, it's investing in yourself. And, and, and back to your point about putting in the work. So right now, my son, Jeremiah, he's seven. When he started playing basketball, he wasn't very good. Uh, but so Jeremiah goes out every single day for like 30 minutes, sometimes an hour. And he just shoots hoops in our basketball hoop. Like he'll just, he'll just shoot, 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 shoot. And he, he just wants to get better at it. And he, and he loves it. And so he's, he's just refining his skill. Like he's really freaking good. They went to championships, won championships last year. And he's seven years old. And like, so we have to really develop our skill sets too. I think it's, it's not like it is, there's a little bit of talent, but most of the time talent's always trumped by people that are willing to put in the, the work ethic, the work ethic and put in the work. So I'm willing to go work out daily to be consistent, right? I'm willing to go spend time reading books so I can develop my skill sets that I need to develop. Like I'm willing to put in the work on myself uh, so I can, I can level it. Cause the more I level up, the more everything ar- around me levels up, the more I become a better husband, my marriage improves. If I level my skill sets around finance, my business improves. Like I'm always working on myself. I think to your point, whether it's spending money, whether it's just spending time reading books, whether it's having coaches, like I've, I'm working on my freaking self every day. Cause I want to, that's the way I know it. Like I, I'm, I'm the limit to the success that, that that's possible in my life. Like it's a hundred percent on me. It's not the economy. It's not my businesses, it's not my employees. And there's probably people on this call thinking, man, I have the wrong employees. You have the wrong employees because you're, you're, you're the problem. Like you are the problem. Like you would have better employees if you were more leveled up. Like, so we, it, we're always the problem. And so mm-hmm. like a hundred percent responsibility I want to take for things in my life. So if my business is struggling, it's because of me. Maybe I didn't learn a skill set that I could have learned. Maybe I wasn't watching around, looking around the corner for problems that were happening in my business. So it's like, it's all, it's all us, dude. And and that's the way I, I live life and kind of operate my companies. It's I'm, I'm a hundred percent responsible, responsible. And, and if I am, I'm going to make sure that I put in the work necessary to create success. If I'm, if I'm ultimately responsible for the success, the success in my life, not the economy, which we're going to see a downturn, I'm assuming next year, uh, more. And again, I'm not going to be at the bottom. I'm going to be at the, I want to be at the top. So I'm, I'm preparing for, I'm doing all the prep work necessary to be successful next year. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, like when, okay. So when, like to rewind the clock, when we've, 
when we first met, your your business was doing around five million a year, at least su- Superior Restoration was, and so like it would have been easy to chill. I mean, at that point, what? So you were like thirty years old with a five million dollar a year business. Like you could have just you like you had some cool toys. Like we, I remember I was going on the Razor four wheeling, <laughs> like doing some fun stuff, going out shooting guns. Like you could have just been like, hey, I'm gonna chill. But instead, you kept like doubling down, investing in, in yourself, which is, you know, just show. I mean, the amount that, you know, you've leveled up and grown just in the time that we've known each other is, you know, insane. And but for 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 some of the people that are at the beginning parts of building their business or they're not quite at that five million dollar a year yet, because, you know, things start to open up when you hit a certain level of revenue. Right. I mean, even if. Because even if you have a smaller margin level, right, the bigger the amount of revenue will then ten percent ten percent of five million is is a lot more than ten percent of five hundred thousand a year. And so rewind back to that story of like building your business, because you started out doing carpet and tile cleaning, right? Like this didn't start out as like some glamorous business concept. So so like give us like the snapshot of that first five years. How do you go from idea i want to be this entrepreneur i want to own a business um and i know you had some businesses before but how do you do that and then within just three three years four years you got to five million bucks a year yeah yeah it was about four years uh yeah so i mean we we started out right passing out flyers we bought our carpet cleaning van used use the last bit of money that we had to buy a, a carpet cleaning van with a truck mount system we're all excited about it. we have our, our pick of our picture uh, that we took in front of that thing. And, uh, and yeah, so we, 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 we got the van and, and, and we started doing whatever it takes. Like, that's how I know an entrepreneur is going to be success, successful is when he's willing or she's willing to do whatever it takes to get it going. Mm. Some people are, Hey, I'm not willing to do that. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to door knock. Like I'm willing to go clean people's houses. Like me and Jessica, when we started out, we were taking any jobs we could get. We were literally doing house cleaning, like cleaning toilets and wow. stuff. Uh, we we were willing to do what it took to get the machine going to get it off the ground, um, and so our but one of our first objectives was always to replace ourselves. That's that's and, and everything I do when I'm growing a business is always replacing myself. How do I get? Uh, I'm reading a great book right now. It's uh, who not how, right? So the question is not how do I grow my business. It's who do I need to grow my business? Who do I have to hire to grow my business? So it's always a who question. Not a how question, but we get stuck in how all the time. Dude, that's so funny that you, uh, I don't think we ever, I don't think we even had this conversation. Did we, why did I wind up downloading and listening to that book? Did I talk to someone at Ruck about it? Did we talk about that? No. I just, yeah. fin- I just finished listening to that book, like, I think a couple months ago, maybe right before Ruck, but that's, I, I don't want to derail us, but incredibly powerful book. Okay, so. Your goal is always how do I replace myself in the business? So even, so even when you were door knocking, like you're literally like you're like young buck, like no facial hair, very little facial hair, twenty nine year old Skyler. <laughs> no, I was no, I was like twenty four around that time. Yeah, when I was first doing door knocking, maybe twenty three and a half, somewhere in that range. Yeah, and so you're already thinking like before you've even made your first. Ten twenty thousand dollars. Like one day, I want to replace myself. Yeah, yeah. That was always my vision because I knew I didn't want to be door knocking and doing the work myself the whole yeah. time. 
Right. And so that, that was my goal. So as soon as I, and we were doing, me and Jessica, we were doing the carpet cleaning. She was holding the hoses. I was out there extracting and doing the, pushing the, pushing the wand. Um, and so we were doing this together. It was, we were grinding. And so, but we knew like, Hey, our, our first hire is going to be the first technician. And so we hired that first technician. Uh, once we had enough work to sustain him, got him hired, hired the next technician, uh, then just kept working on replacing ourselves. So we got busy enough, eventually hired a marketing person to take over the marketing that I was doing, eventually hired an office manager to take off the, to, so we didn't have to answer the calls anymore. So just kind of hired person by person, each time taking tasks off my plate. When uh, when I'm working with the CEO or when we're working with CEOs on our coaching company, one of the first things we do is we have them write down all the tasks that they do. Mm. Like, hey, go write down every single thing that you do on a spreadsheet and write whether you want to keep it, delete it, or delegate it. And so uh, let's say it's answering phone calls from clients. Do you want to keep that? Do you want to delete it? Like, is it not necessary? That's probably necessary. Or do you want to delegate it? Like, hey, I, I need to delegate that. And so once you get the full list written out, you get clear like, oh, shoot, there's a lot of tasks that need to be eventually delegated. I need a whole new role for that. Or, hey, who on my team can I go delegate these 15 tasks to right away? Like, I mean, urgently. Like, how do I get these tasks off my plate so I can go focus on really building the business, not being stuck in it all the time, taking calls? Or, right, I, I want to always be replacing myself. And so that spreadsheet really helps to get a clear visualization of, 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 hey, what are the chunks of tasks I can hand off to somebody else? Yeah, man, that's, uh, I just took that note because it was like a reminder to myself. I'm like in this phase right now and, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of, of, of doing what you're doing. And I've, you know, I now I don't work with clients anymore personally. We have a, we have a team and a, it's exciting. I've been doing uh, going through uh, this morning an exercise and end of the year recap. And I know you have a good one too that uh, that you sent Bridget and I. And um, it's through this uh, this this uh, this company, this accountability coaching company that I that I uh, work with. And um, it was just kind of taking like an audit of kind of you know what uh, acknowledging what you've done, what went well, what didn't, et cetera. And sometimes like we beat ourselves up, right? Like we don't, we don't realize like how much we've actually grown. Um, and one of my biggest objectives, objectives this year was to scale, right? Cause I was doing all the coaching. I was doing all the enrollment calls for, you know, for this business and helping people buy, you know, buy franchises, et cetera. And it was getting exhausting. I mean, it was just really getting exhausting doing everything. But, you know, one of the things and that I've, that I've learned from you on the, on the outside looking in, you know, just with us having had our relationship over the years is that one of the reasons why you can do that is because you become a master at sales and marketing, right? Like, would you, would you say that's like your strongest, one of your strongest skill sets or areas? Cause it's hard to hire and delegate if you don't have enough sales yeah. Like if your business yeah. isn't profitable or there's barely any margin, like it's hard to bring people on to delegate things to, right? Yeah, big time. Yeah, I would consider that one of my strongest skill sets that I developed early on. Like I I I knew that would be a priority in any business that I started was sales and marketing. And so I decided to like get good at it, study it. Uh, there's a book that I have right here. It's like called a hundred million dollar offer. So I'm still I'm still learning and developing how do I how do I market? 
Because if you can be a good marketer, you can go market any business. Mm. So that one skill, you get that one skill down. Like, so we have to choose, right? As human beings, we only have so much time. So what do we spend our time learning and developing? If we're going to go develop a couple skill sets, right? There's there's a hundred skill sets we could develop, or thousands probably, tens of thousands. Which ones do we go develop, right? And so I'm like, cool. I'm going to go develop my marketing skill set, and I want to become a master marketer where I can step into any business and I can just kind of see it like the matrix of where where the potential leads are going to be coming in from and how to go grow that. And so, yeah, I mean, right, right away with Superior, we started doing internet marketing. I had gotten good at that previously, really good. So built a website, started doing SEO and, and AdWords and scaled really fast. And so same with Rise Up Kings. Yeah, again, thank you. If you're on point, if I didn't have the leads and we didn't have the people coming to events, I would not have been able to scale this as fast. And so I think marketing is a critical uh, a critical skill set to have, and then having the mind. But though it starts with the mindset: Is marketing really that important for me to know, or do I just hire marketing people? No, man. Go, go learn and go master marketing yourself. Like, like that's like get good at it. Really get good at it. figuring out. Hey, what are the best? What's the best way to do internet marketing? Hey, what are the best door to door strategies? Hey, what are the best? Uh, I mean, it's probably internet right now at this point. Like everybody should know enough about. SEO, AdWords, pay-per-click, Facebook marketing, all of that stuff. Uh, we, you got to dive into that. Um, otherwise, you're going to be left behind by people that do master that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's it's interesting because it's it's so fun having this conversation with you because I like I've I we know each other so well and I've learned so so much from you from a business perspective that it's like a lot of what I've been able to build has kind of been just like modeling and copying some of the things that like you do or the mindsets that you adopt, right? Because like we started at the same time in terms of when you did Rise of Kings, when I started this business, but you were able to like, like go through the stratosphere. And part of that was having that sales marketing mindset. Meanwhile, because you and I have very different personality styles, which is part of why we we get along, right? It's like a yin and a yang. Is- and so I kind of tend my my natural tendencies in the past is like this kind of perfectionism, overthinking, everything has to look good. Meanwhile, what I noticed from you over the years is just like you literally have an idea and you're like, I'm doing it. Like I already implemented it. I'm like, but what do you mean? Like, you don't have this, this, this. And you're like, I, yeah, it doesn't matter. I already did it. Um, and it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay, got it. So I like, it's like the analogy is like, I'm still sitting at the starting line or someone, right, watching this who can relate in their business. Like, they want things to be very neat. They want it to be perfect. They're like, the, the operations and fulfillment of their business is amazing. It's perfect but they don't have enough customers. <laughs> like yeah, they don't have enough customers coming through it. And so that was one of the things that, you know, that I, that I, that I learned from you, which I thought was incredible. It's like the, the speed of execution and being willing to make a mistake and fail and pivot. So like how, how did you develop that mindset and how do you manage that in your, in your business to go from idea to, like, I'm going to make this happen and it doesn't have to be pretty. Like, let me just make it work. I think that comes from experience, just knowing, uh, knowing that, 
if I iterate quick enough, my product will be better than other people's products mm. and my service. It's all about iteration. Meaning uh, if I take a year to build out a plan, a perfect plan for a business, uh, you got option A, right? Option A is you're building this perfect plan and then you got you got B, this owner B, and he's an iterative builder. Meaning he goes and he's going to build the first model on month one. He's going to take 30 days to build it. And then he's going to tweak it month two and realize what worked. Tweak it month three, month four, month five. But but month one, it's like it's a shell of a plan. But he's at least executing on it. And then by 12 months, he's iterated this thing 12 times. It's going to 100% of the time almost always be better than the guy that took a year to build the plan. Because there's right. always going to be problems with your plan. There's always going to be problems. And you don't know it till you get going. And so that's critical. Like, So I'm an iterative builder. Like I build, there's a saying that I, I live by, CCC, constant course correction, right? Mm. So I'm always correcting on a regular basis. So they talk about a ship, right? If you're, if you're driving a ship and you're not constantly correcting, you're going to be off on, you're going to be in a different continent by the time you get somewhere because the ship's going to slowly be, it's going to be, it's going it's going to be going off path. And so we have to constantly be adjusting and correcting all the time. And so I just know that the iterative process is just a powerful process of, of, of adjusting and improving. I'm still adjusting and improving Ruck every week. I'm like, hey, every event, what could we do better? What could we switch? How do we make it better? I'm always trying to make things better. And so that's just the way, that's my mindset is I, I like to start early and then tweak as, as we go. It's really a mindset. And then once you do it, you start to realize, okay, cool. That it, it can be pretty effective as opposed to really, I still plan, I still strategize, but I don't, I don't, I at least get going. If I, there, there's a minimum viable product, right? Uh, MVP. So you can get that minimally viable to launch and then get going. I'm, I'm launching something actually next year, something very big. My goal is to Are have you? the largest group peer fitness platform in the country. And I'm building the whole plan wow. out, man. I have so many ideas, massive. But I, I just, today before this call, I'm like, dude, I'm not going to launch this thing if I keep, if I see all these things I have to do. What's phase one? So I built out phase one launch. Then what's phase two? And what's phase three? So like, how do I build it where I can just launch with a minimum viable product? And then I can add on, add on, add on. And by the end of the year, it'll be, it'll be insane. And so, um, that's man. That's that's uh, that's crazy. So this will be something totally separate from Ruck. Yeah, it's actually going to be called Ruck Fitness, and so we're going to launch a free peer-led group fitness program. So it's free fitness. It's hit style training. Groups are going to meet around the country, and they're going to go the go gather in groups and have a deep community, like a real strong community. And it's all going to be free. We're going to have an app, a lot of technology associated with it. Uh, it's going to be freaking epic, but it's going to really be a, just a huge platform. Our goal is to have over a hundred thousand people that are working out weekly and building community with each other. And like really just having some deep friendships that are built from this, from a physical, I love, I love, I love exercise. And so it's uh, it's just a vision that I've, I've had for a little while, but it's gotten really clear in the last 30 days that that's going to be a key to the next level of growth for rise up Kings is this, are these regional workouts. Uh, groups that are popping up, going to pop up all over the country. Man, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, fitness is, um, 
man, it's played such a major role in my life. I know it's played a major role in your life. Well, what do you what do you think is the role that fitness plays? I know it's one of your four pillars, um, yeah. you know, and in rock. But what do you think the role that fitness plays in being an entrepreneur, like building a business and making money? Yeah, I think it's necessary. I think it's necessary. Um, so you could have you could have you could have it all, right? So let's say you have the beautiful, you have the wonderful marriage, you have a highly successful business, uh, and if you're a person of faith, you're close with God. But then, dude, you're stuck in a hospital with cancer because you didn't take care of your body and you you didn't eat properly and you weren't physical enough. You you didn't work out. All none of those matter. Like you're di- like so. I've realized that my like that's that's one piece of it. Like so, we got to take care of our bodies. This is our this is our vehicle. We're gonna we're gonna be living life through. But what about what about your? Uh, there's a lot of other benefits to exercise, right? Mental mental clarity. I get a lot of mental clarity from working out. Some of my best ideas come from workouts. Mental toughness, right? Because I push hard at the gym, I can go do hard things throughout the day because I know I'm pushing hard. Uh, just the building a habit, being a disciplined person, like exercise helps you become more disciplined because it's something you have to do, you get to do uh, daily. I mean, there there's a list of benefits. So I think I, you, you're seeing it more and more now. A lot of entrepreneurs are deciding that fitness is an important part of their life. It's a lifestyle thing. So I'm going to be working out to the hopefully the day I die because I I feel good I feel confident it's taking care of my body the benefits are it's pretty much the only thing you can do that has the most benefits it's it this, this the exercise has more benefits than anything else you can do uh, I've cal- I mean the amount of benefits is uh, off the charts so anyway so I'm a, a, as you can tell I'm passionate about fitness and exercise and just taking care of our bodies. Uh, because I've, I've done the, uh, the opposite way, right? I've just focused on business and let my body go. And it's not, I'm sluggish. I don't, I, I want to be high energy. I want to feel good each day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember our 5, 5am, 5 5.30am workouts, or I forget when it was maybe 6am when we were living in California. And, yeah. uh, I remember, I remember one time it was either me or, or you posted something on Facebook about waking up early or something like that. And this was when we had the home gym upstairs in the house, and and Bridget goes, "Well, I was a, I was awake, I was awake at six a.m. because I heard you guys clanking around the weights upstairs." <laughs> Dude, that was fun. That's when I maxed out on my bench. That was a, that was my max I did at your house. Oh, was it? Actually, yeah, that was the most I've ever done. That's yeah, awesome. That was fun. I, I, I miss those times. That was great. Yeah. yeah. That that was fun. That was that was pretty epic. It's it's pretty crazy, and the fact that we met in a parking lot, um, which is crazy. Which I think is a funny story. So Skyler, at the time, I had wanted this uh, <clears throat> the 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 Jeep Grand Cherokee SRT, and it's like what a 400, 450 horsepower Jeep. And uh, I pull up, <clears throat> pull up in this uh, parking lot in my suit, just coming back from from commuting from the, from the job, pulled into the grocery store and, and, uh, uh, Skylar pulls up. I said, well, I, I think I saw you in the road and I, and I, and I saw the SRT and I'm like, oh, oh, it looks like we're going to the same place. And, and, uh, actually I was stalking you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so I'm like, dude, nice car. And then we just got to chatting and, and, um, <clears throat> yeah. And kind of the rest, the rest is history. So, you who, know, who I asked for the number. I think I, I think I did. 
Probably you. Yeah, probably I'm, I'm, you. I'm a, yeah, okay, cool. You, I, I do, when I, when I see somebody I like, I'm not afraid, like I've always, I've always done that. I'm not afraid to ask for their number. It's funny, my wife, Jessica, like she'll, she'll, she'll meet somebody new and she'll like have a, they'll, they'll hit it off and then she'll walk away. And I'm like, did you get her number? She's like, uh, no. I'm like, why didn't you get her number? Right. I'm like, I'm like, so she just feels funny asking for other ladies numbers, but I'm like, dude, what's your number, man? Let's, let's hang out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's, you know, it's funny that you say that because, um, you know, we would joke when we would all hang around that, um, you know, Scott uh, or uh, Jessica and I have a very similar personality and then you and Bridget both have more of a similar personality. And uh, so it's the same way. Like if you didn't ask me for my number, like I wouldn't have asked for yours because I'm I'm kind of the same way. I've forced myself now over the last, you know, seven, eight years to change and, and just being used to being uncomfortable. But yeah, there's zero chance that I would have. And actually the reality is many times, and especially after, you know, you guys wind up moving and, and like, as we've grown, like, cause we used to live three blocks away from each other, which was the other crazy part. So meet in the parking lot. Turns out we both live in the mountains in these five acre lots. And we're like two minutes away from each other. Um, and then we've, you know, gradually, gradually gotten farther apart geographically. And, uh, actually, now it's starting to condense, right, with your move to Texas. So maybe it'll one day get closer and closer. But, um, like, you continued to cultivate the relationship. Like, there were many times it was like, you know, you reached out. Hey, man, how you doing? Thinking about you. And that's that's one of uh, an interesting trait. I think that plays such a big part of your overall success in life, right? Because, like, when I, you know, when I look at you, like you, to me, are the person that is representative of like, you can have it all, right? Like you, and it's not like it's all like glamorous, right? You talk about the hard things that you have to go okay. through and challenges and having tough conversations and marriage, et cetera. Um, but it's like, it's not an, it's not an accident that you built what you've built. And, and again, yeah, if it, I mean, I think in, if it wasn't for you, I, I think the relationship probably would have dwindled because that's, in the past, that wasn't my strongest suit. So how does that, how do you think that impacts you in business? Which specific part the relationship side of things? Yeah. Just your, just your willingness to put yourself out there. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, uh, I think, I think I learned that in, uh, when I was young, I joined a network marketing company, a multi-level marketing company. It was, uh, it was kind of similar to ACN, but we were selling like pagers and like phone service and stuff like that. I was, I was 15. I wasn't even old enough. My dad had to sign up and I was like working under it. So I was 15 trying to recruit people into this network marketing thing. So I had to go out and prospect. I had go, I had to go meet, I had to go in my high school and talk to kids, like trying to get them, trying to recruit them into my downline. So I, I like, so I, I learned that early on that if I can, if I can tag people in, like I can have more results by working with more people. And so I think from that, uh, now looking back, it's probably where I learned is to, I'd say network or connect or put myself out there. Uh, cause you will not create a lot of success in network marketing. If you're just, you know, if you're not, unless you're talking to people and meeting new people and connecting and recruiting and doing all of that. And so that's kind of the truth in, in the, it. And it, my, mine, as I've created more success and gotten busier, that's gone down. So I'm not connecting with as many people as I'd love to. But but again, the book, Who Not How, it's all about relationships. 
It's all about the connections that you have, the people that you know. Like, so if, if it's really a who game, we should be meeting people all the time and staying in contact with them if it's a who game, right? And so I, I need to do a better job of that because I'm, I'm weak in that right now. I mean, I have a lot of people that like want to meet with me that would be good potential prospects to disconnect with. But I'm like, hey, I'm busy or I'm, I'm hanging out with the family. I'll talk to you in like January or February. We'll have a call. And so I'm pushing out my calls, but I, I, I could make it more of a priority, I think. Like, no, that relationship's going to be critical at some point. Let me connect with them. Right. Uh, so again, Donald Trump, he, whether you like him or not, that's one of his, that's one of his strengths. If you ever read any of his books, I've read it like 10 years ago. He was a connector. He was mm-hmm. a relationship guy. Like he would just stay in contact with, with everyone that was influential. Um, so I, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, I think it's really important for people that l- want to create long-term success and life's more fun with relationships. Yeah. Like it's so much more fun with good friendships, good people. Like, like we just moved to Texas. We're trying to find out who our peeps are out here. Like we want to find just cool people out here that we can connect with long-term and just build relationships with. And, uh, we've been so busy. We haven't done that at all. So so yeah, it's it's more fun when you got cool people to hang out to do life with. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Well, cool. As we as we wrap up, one as a reminder, make sure to go get uh, get Skylar's book, the two day CEO. And and by the way, where where can they uh, where can they grab that at? Uh, so they can get that on Amazon or two day Either one of those. We'll link we'll link it up. We'll link it up in the description in the uh in the comments, whether you're listening on the podcast platform or uh or watching on YouTube, we'll we'll drop the links uh um, in there. But um yeah, kind of in closing, here here's what I think would be interesting to to talk about is that um okay, so everyone like people are hearing your story, like, okay, like this guy seems to have it all together, you know, the company's doing fifteen million dollars a year in revenue plus and um like but it's just been it's been easy. Now I know from some of the stories that you've told me with like people blackmailing you, um, family members, um, employees embezzling money from you, like large amounts. Like, what's um? Can you talk about like one of the crazy experiences that you've had as an entrepreneur? And like how you were able to like recover menti- mentally and like strategically from it. Yeah, I've had so many. Right, I talk about a couple of them in the book, or a lot of them in the book. But I'll I'll share one that I don't normally share. I was we were we had a call center that we had, um, and so we had, we had this call center. We were doing loans and like loan modifications back when it was really busy. And we were using this processing company that was doing all the modifications and they were doing a great job. And anyway, so the money went through them. So we'd collect, we'd do all the sales and marketing efforts and the money would go through the processing company and then they would write us a check. So there was one week we went to go pick up the check. They were, I mean, and again, this was before Superior. So we built a million dollar company in like a year and a half before Superior, just grinding, same thing, sales and marketing. And uh, anyway, we went to go pick up, I think it was a $70,000 check is how we were going to pay all of our salespeople. And we show up and the guy's like, yeah, we're, uh, we don't have the check ready. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Like we, we always come on Friday and pick up the check. He's like, yeah, we, and I, I was sm- sniffing something. And so I'm like, Hey, are you, are you guys going to pay us? Cause I was just, it was just kind of a little bit of a crazy industry and I could tell that they weren't. So I made a big deal, got the, everybody involved. I was in their office, in their conference room. 
Uh, and then the main guy came over. He's like, yeah, he's like, we're not, we're not going to be able to pay you. And so I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, how do I pay my people? Like what's going on? Like I could have shut the whole thing down. Uh, anyway, we ended up figuring out how to, how to recover from that, but we lost $70,000 in a week like that. And, uh, we weren't a huge business. That was going to be, that was going to be pay to pay for the marketing, to pay for the, all the salespeople, the, the commissions, all of that. And so it was a good learning lesson, man. It was, well, I learned a couple things. We ended up paying every, we ended up handling it all and, 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 and making it all kosher and good. Yeah. However, like dude, lot, business is tough. Life is tough. Like there's going to be those challenges where you get screwed by a client, uh, where a marketing channel shuts down and you lose all your business. Like the COVID's going to happen. Like life's tough. It's really like we, we have to, I have this mindset that it's actually tied into a Bible verse. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. So the, it's the trials and the struggles that develop perseverance. And so when you can learn that and see these challenges, not as like this bad thing, like, why is this happening to me? No, this is happening for you. Like if you want to grow a big business, but you can't handle a lawsuit without being completely stressed out and like, you know, being emotionally downtrodden, like you're not going to grow a bigger business. You're not going to, I had a guy that said, Hey, I want to build a hundred million dollar company. I'm like, great you're having a challenge managing one lawsuit at a $5 million company. Dude, you know what it's going to look like at a hundred million? You're going to have gigantic lawsuits and all this stuff happen. You can't handle it now. Like you got to learn how to handle that, handle that stuff because it's going to be more and more the bigger your business gets. And so I think for me, it's been learning like these trials, these challenges, they actually make me stronger. They make me a better business owner if my mindset's right. So I believe things happen for us. So that happened for me. It actually did. I found a different processing company that was way better than that one. All of my challenges, if I look back, there was always some blessing on the other side. So mm-hmm. now I see struggles and challenges as I, hey, I got to get through it, but what's, there's, I know there's some blessing on the other side of it. And so that mindset has forever changed my life to where, dude, if, if something's hard, cool. It's like a worthy opponent. Like, bring it on. Let's go do this. That's awesome, man. I love it. Skylar, appreciate it, brother. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. For if people want to, um, for people that want to stay in uh, stay in touch or you know follow you online, what's the best place for them to to go do that? Yeah, they can just follow me on Facebook and Instagram. It's Skylar Lewis, S K Y L A R Lewis, L E W I S. Search me on there, and I'm on there, and that's that's probably that's probably the best way. Or on YouTube, YouTube also, or they can search up Rise Up Kings uh, on YouTube too. Cool. Awesome. We'll make sure to link up the social media channels. Thanks for coming on, brother. Yeah, man. I'd appreciate it. Yes, sir. Hey, before we go, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I put my heart and soul into providing you value through this podcast so that you can live your dream life. So please subscribe if you haven't already. And the biggest thank you you could ever give me is to drop a review because more reviews equal this podcast getting more listens, which means we can share this message with more people and hopefully positively inspire them like we have you. You can also share it with someone you care about that you believe may benefit from listening. Thank you and talk to you soon.